This is Honest Homeopathy, where we are empowering mamas everywhere to care for their families. The information in this podcast is to be used for educational purposes only. The suggestions here should not replace the advice of your medical doctor. I am not a physician, nor am I prescribing or making health care decisions for you. Welcome back to Honest Homeopathy. I'm excited to be back with you for another episode. A couple of weeks ago, we did an episode on the remedy Epicac. And we had so many listeners to the point that I asked my husband if he thought there was a glitch with the podcasting app and it was reporting the wrong amount. So to my surprise, it was actually correct. And there really were that many people listening. So I want to say welcome to everyone, both new and old listeners, and so thankful to have each and every one of you here today. I usually mention this at the end of the episode, but I want to go ahead and mention it first thing. If you have any questions about this or past episodes, or you have a homeopathy success story to share, please feel free to reach out to me at honesthomeopathypodcast at gmail.com. Again, that email address is honesthomeopathypodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really be so grateful by taking a minute to share how this podcast has helped you on your homeopathy journey. It really helps to greatly increase listenership and make this podcast more accessible to others. So thank you in advance for that. Okay, so this week we are going to be discussing our remedy of the week as well as take an honest look at the remedies that I've been using in my own home and for my family. And to finish out the episode, we will discuss a natural living and holistic tip that you can easily implement into your own life and home. Our remedy of the week is Lachesis. The Latin name for this remedy is Lachesis mutis. And the key word to remember to associate with this remedy is loquacious. <laughs> I know those are a lot of words that sound similar. So the remedy is lachesis and the key word is loquacious. So again, the key word to remember is loquacious. So let's talk a little bit about what this homeopathic remedy is made from. So when I think of what lachesis is made from, it honestly makes my stomach turn a little bit, but it is such a powerful remedy, so we need to talk about it. Lachesis is made from the venom of the poisonous Bushmaster snake. I'm not really a fan of snakes, so I think that's why I don't really like to think about that too much, but this particular snake is typically found in South America in the Amazon rainforest, and This remedy is made from its venom, and obviously it's diluted to the point where there is no longer any kind of toxic or venomous substance left in the remedy. Now let's take a second and talk about the key word for this remedy. If I'm being completely honest, which is what this podcast is all about, I didn't even know what this word meant. I'd never heard it before, and I had to look it up. (laughs) So it's not a word that I regularly use in my vocabulary. Maybe I'll start now but I'm also not one that can really boast about having a spectacular vocabulary. So here we go. Many of you might already know what the word loquacious means, but for those of you out there who are like me, here is the definition. So loquacious means full of excessive talking. 
So this trait is actually a key indicator in the disposition of someone who could really benefit from lachesis. So this person will just talk and talk and talk, and a lot of times there's a lot of sarcasm in their talk. There are also some other intense traits that seem to be expressed in a person who could benefit from this remedy. So these traits include jealousy, paranoia, and also one other notable trait is that these people may have intense sexual desire. So let's talk a little bit more about the bigger symptom picture that we might see in someone who needs the remedy lachesis. It can be a very beneficial remedy for people who are suffering from headaches when the pain is specifically located at the top of the head. And this is also a remedy that is known to help with intense sore throat. So typically when the pain is on the left side of the throat and the throat might also appear purple in color, like when you look inside. If you suffer from chronic throat pains, then this is definitely a remedy to consider. From a respiratory standpoint, the person who needs this remedy doesn't like anything tight around their throat and they can feel like they are suffocating when they lay down. So if someone is having a lot of issues with their throat area, lachesis should be considered to see if the symptom picture matches. This remedy can also be beneficial for someone who suffers from back pain. The specific type of back pain usually affects the coccyx area, so like the tailbone area, and the pain is worse when the person is standing up from a sitting position. So when they get up from sitting down for a period of time, that's when the pain is the most intense. It can also help with sciatica pain if that sciatica pain is made better from lying down. Women in particularly can greatly benefit from this remedy, especially those whose monthly cycle is like a dreaded time every month. I honestly don't think any woman looks forward to her period every month, but the type of woman I'm talking about, her period is excessively bad. So her breasts will usually be very sore and painful. Her left side hurts because that left ovary is usually the one that's affected. And her menstrual blood is usually super dark, full of clots, and it's just not pleasant at all. A key note for a woman who might need lachesis is that once her period actually begins, her symptoms are often relieved. So it's like a, a sigh can be taken like, oh, finally it's here. And a lot of those negative symptoms are gone and her personality usually returns back to its normal state. If you are a woman in menopausal years, this can also be a remedy to consider, especially if you have extreme mood swings and hot flashes. All menopausal women deal with menopause in different ways and have different symptoms. So you'll want to look and see if your symptom picture matches the remedy lachesis. The last symptom picture we will talk about is for people who need lachesis because of skin issues. So the skin will often appear bluish or blackish in appearance and it has eruptions on it. And they might even have ulcers that bleed very easily. As you can see, lachesis has a huge symptom picture. Honestly, didn't even cover half of it and it's pretty complex as a remedy. I encourage you to research this remedy more and learn all that you can. I will say I have been challenging myself personally this week to spend a little bit of time each day learning more about homeopathy and increasing my knowledge, and I encourage you to do this as well. So this has looked like listening to a podcast, maybe reading something online or in a book about homeopathy, as well as just taking some simple homeopathy classes. 
Every little bit of knowledge you can gain on the subject is beneficial for you, your family, and your health. Okay, so we've taken some time to learn about our remedy of the week, Lachesis. Now we're going to take an honest look at the homeopathy I've been using in my own home over the past week. So this week, our remedies really seem to revolve around the weather change in our area. So this past week, we have had abnormally warm weather for the first week of March. So there were days that it got up to about 80 degrees and many of the plants are starting to think that spring's here and they're starting to bloom. For my son, I noticed that the patch of eczema that is on his leg started to look a little worse. So we reintroduced his remedy of sulfur 200 to help with the itching. We will deep dive into the benefits of sulfur in a future episode, but for now, know that sulfur is known to be a great skin remedy, especially if the itching is made worse by warmth and seems to flare up in the spring, which is exactly what I've noticed with my sons. His eczema pretty much went away over the winter months, and I've been anticipating the spring and summer season just to see how it was going to react. So we are definitely putting our remedies back in place, and I will keep you updated over the next few weeks. The remedy that I personally used this week was for my allergies. So I honestly never seemed to suffer from allergies when I was younger, but over the past few years, I guess my body has changed. They have gotten worse, and honestly, mainly it was after I got pregnant with my firstborn son. So I did a quick remedy search online for allergy remedies this week. At first, I tried Allium Sepa, which we have talked about in a past episode, and it gave me a little bit of relief, but nothing substantial. I was really struggling with drainage and sneezing, and after going to the park with my son one day, there was just so much draining and sneezing during our visit. We were driving home, and I sneezed like seven times in a row by midday with all of the drainage and constant sneezing. I honestly felt exhausted. So I researched a little bit more, and Arsenicum Album 30 matched my symptom picture more closely. When I looked in my Materia Medica, the symptom picture under the nose heading reads, and I quote, Thin, watery discharge, nose feels stopped up, and sneezing without relief, end of quote. So this remedy was a game changer. I took it, and within 15 minutes, my symptoms went away. I continued to take it, I think for probably two more days. I took a couple doses each day, anytime I felt my symptoms coming back. And after those two days of taking it, my allergies were no longer flaring up. So I am definitely thankful for homeopathy during the allergy season. So I encourage you, if you suffer from allergies, really start researching some remedies that could benefit and be helpful for you this season. Also, I wanted to mention, if you suffer from allergies, there is a boron remedy that is called Rhine Allergy, and it's a combination of the five top allergy remedies. It's more of a shotgun approach at helping relieve your allergies. So if you don't have time maybe to look in your Materia Medica and maybe find the specific remedy that could help your symptom picture, this might be a good place to start. I'm personally planning on grabbing a box of this just to have on hand for my family this season in case our allergies get worse as more things start coming into bloom. But I'll include a link in the show notes for Boron for this specific allergy remedy so that you can purchase it as well. 
Every week at the end of each episode, I like to take a few minutes to discuss a natural and holistic tip that I try to live out in my own life that you can easily follow and possibly make a change in your own life. So this week, I want to talk about the benefits of fermented foods and which foods I make and eat most frequently in my own home. So when I first began learning about just health in general and trying to live a cleaner lifestyle, I learned about our body's need for probiotics. And my initial step in increasing my probiotic count and gut flora was to take probiotic supplements. As I learned more about the gut and the benefits of fermented foods, I honestly stopped taking supplements and now I just consume fermented foods for my gut health. This is not to say that all probiotics are bad, but they can honestly be quite expensive and sometimes they contain non-beneficial substances in them as well. So making and eating fermented foods is a much simpler way to get those good probiotics into your system and they contain many more strands of beneficial bacteria than supplements do. People and societies throughout history have been fermenting foods for thousands of years. So before modern conveniences like refrigerators, this method was used to preserve and store food, but the benefits honestly far outweigh just the preservation. So the health benefits are numerous. Fermented foods boost our immune system. They help our body to digest our food in general. If you don't know a lot about fermented foods and their benefits, I encourage you to start by listening to a podcast episode on the Wise Traditions podcast. It is titled, What's So Good About Fermented Foods? It's not a very long podcast, so I think it's maybe 35 minutes, maybe 40 minutes. So it's a quick listen. I'll include the link in the show notes so you can easily access that. But this podcast gives you tons of information on the benefits and types of fermented foods you can try. And their website, www.westonaprice.org, is also a great place to research all types of natural health topics. I often use their resources to find lots of health information. Let's talk a little bit about the fermented foods that we eat most frequently in my home. So number one is yogurt. So we eat a lot of yogurt in my home. I make it in an Instapot, which is a great kitchen appliance that I encourage you to have specifically for the yogurt function. It is extremely simple and I love it. I try to get raw milk to make our yogurt when I can, but sometimes I do use regular from the store. So this is a great and healthy snack to eat with tons of beneficial bacteria. The second food item that we make and eat in our home is sauerkraut. So this is a fermented food that I just recently started making about a year ago. For some reason, I was so intimidated to try this <laughs> fermented food, but it's honestly the easiest one that I've made of all my ferments. It's literally just cabbage and salt. It is delicious, and eating just one tablespoon of this a day with a meal has tons of health benefits. So you can honestly just pull it out with your lunch or your dinner and have a tablespoon as a side item, and you are getting all the necessary probiotics and beneficial bacteria that you need for that day. The third fermented food that we consume a lot in our home is kombucha. 
So this was actually the first ferment that I began making. I honestly should have started with the others because I feel like kombucha can be a little more time consuming and challenging, but I just loved the flavor and the bubbles. So it is a fermented tea and it's carbonated. So it's sort of like a soda, but healthy for you and it has tons of good bacteria. I honestly don't make this one now as often as I used to. I sort of go through seasons where I will buy it at the store and then times when I make it regularly. I could honestly drink it all day, every day. I just love it. I drink it throughout my pregnancy. My son drinks it. My husband. It's just delicious. So I encourage you to look into kombucha as a sort of alternative health drink that you might enjoy. And the last fermented food that I want to talk about is sourdough. So I started making sourdough probably a little over a year ago as well. And this is a ferment that I will make for the rest of my life. So I made my own starter over a period of about a week. You can find tons of tutorials online. Or if you know someone who already has a starter, I encourage you to get a little bit from them because that's so much simpler and you don't have to waste as much. But it's really so simple to make and maintain. And having a sourdough starter opens up a world of cooking possibilities. So I've made bread, pancakes, bagels, cookies, and so many other things. My family loves sourdough. And it's so nice to know that when we are eating those carbs and the bread, that it's a healthier option because it's fermented. So these are the top fermented foods that we consume in our home. I encourage you, if you don't regularly consume foods that are fermented, maybe try to start this week. Don't feel overwhelmed and feel like you have to start all the ones I have mentioned or start making them all from scratch because that is overwhelming. So maybe just start with one thing that you'd like to introduce to you and your family's diet. Like I mentioned for myself, it was definitely a process for us over several years to get where we are now with consuming ferments and we still have a ways to go there are so many other foods that we can ferment and consume so maybe start off with one and slowly build your skill of fermenting in your own home i'm going to continue to try to learn more and start fermenting more foods for me and my family believe me your gut will thank you <laughs> i want to say thank you for tuning in to today's episode Again, if you have any questions about homeopathy or the fermented foods I have mentioned in today's episode, please feel free to reach out to me at honesthomeopathypodcast at gmail.com. If you are looking to learn more about homeopathy, I want to tell you about a free learning opportunity. It's called Homeo Summit. So this is a free five-day homeopathy webinar, and registration is now open, and you can register at www homeosummit.com. It begins on March 28th and runs through April 1st. I will include the link in the show notes for easy access. Also, as a quick reminder, if you could take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Just a quick recap of today's show. Our remedy of the week is lachesis, and the key word to remember is loquacious. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week. This is Honest Homeopathy. Thank you for listening. Mamas everywhere, I hope you feel empowered to care for your family.
Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave a review. We have a new podcast coming out every Monday to help you on your journey of homeopathy. I'll see you next time.